Hello and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is January the 21st, 2022. My name is Frank. His name is Alex. I had a direction that I was going to start this show with and about 90 seconds ago, you just told me some outlandish shit. <laughs> I'm not ready to and I cannot this let up. this go. <laughs> I need to research my words. Please <laughs> tell the people what you just told me, you ignorant uh, fuck. <laughs> All right. What I said is that as talented and amazing as the man is, he has fucking hits. I have always thought that Prince was overrated personally. Oh my God. I, it he, hurts I, my heart to hear you say this. <laughs> I'm sorry. We were talking about the halftime show, and I'm we were saying how pumped we are. I think this. I said this is going to be, for my music taste, one of the best uh, halftime shows in recent memory, um, with them using Dr. Dre and all his artists like Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick, etc., Snoop Dogg. And I, I, dude, I don't know. I, I like Prince is awesome. I just think he gets a lot of credit, and I don't know if it's all deserved necessarily. Mm. Wow. What What wow. is so great about him? I guess that makes him like this otherworldly figure. I said nothing beats Prince's halftime show. Do you recall what was, Prince did? It was a good halftime. It was pretty good, yeah. Show? It was good with the rain. He had the purple rain going on and the things he do. Yeah, his crazy guitars. And it was, it was a good show. It was good. Yes. For sure. Great. Definitely better than most fantastic. halftime shows, yes. I don't think he gets nearly enough credit. Really? For the musician that he is. Absolutely. Amazing guitar player. But like, okay, like hit-wise, like talk to me about like real good song like raspberry beret purple rain like does he have like a lot of like hit hits though you know what i'm saying let's look it up man we can we can uh, that's what i'm saying you're, you're, you're googling right now you, you like i could name you a bunch of songs of an artist i really you know what i mean like i i hell of a musician i just think that like people put him on this plateau like this like sphere in another hemisphere from so many other musical artists and i'm like eh. I, I think he's just a great guitar player and like a pretty good songwriter for sure he, I think the awesome thing about Prince is that he wrote, I think, like, all of his music. I don't think he used any kind of writers, so that's fucking sweet. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm not, like, prepared to, like, defend him to the death. But I, I just, when I see, hear Prince, I, I just, I think of a, a, a generational star. I think most people would. I, I'm probably in the wrong there, but to me, I, I don't know. I don't know. I saw... I, God, I wish I could remember it now. It's like like half coming to me. I saw this like hilarious uh, tweet about Prince. I can't remember it. And I'm going to butcher it if I try and paraphrase it. So I, I'm not even going to pretend to to begin to say it. Every time I think of Prince, I just think of Chappelle. Like, you know, mm -hmm. the game blouses. Yes. Hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I had something though I wanted to talk to you. I know you had a direction. We can get there in a sec. But how do you feel about flavored coffee? Oh, it's disgusting. Fucking it gives gross. me a headache. Yeah, it does, dude. That welcome to my life today. Yep, exactly. I, it's like a maple bourbon, and when you make it, dude, it mm -hmm. smells fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Whole house mm -hmm. smelled like a fucking nice little stack of flapjacks this morning. And you drink it, man. It just. And I, I'm a black coffee drinker, so I'm not mixing it with anything. It's drinking a straight, pure essence of the bean, and it is fucking garbage, man. I, if you mix it with milk and creamer and sugar, all that shit, I guess it's fine. It's passable, but. Ugh. Yeah, man. Um, I don't. I don't like it. I remember getting, I don't know, some vanilla stuff back in the day, and I'm like, "Oh, this sounds good. I'll mix it with a little creamer. It'll be delicious." No, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely not. Just, 
just awful. That was one of the most eventful things that happened to me today, though. So that's the kind of day I'm having. <laughs> um, we lost we lost some uh, some heavy hitters today. We did. We lost meatloaf. Yes, man. Fuck. That sucks. Bad out of hell. Mm-hmm. I think one of the, also the most underrated albums ever. It's yeah. freaking amazing. And artwork. That artwork mm-hmm. for the album is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then also uh, there was a, a comedian that died, but I don't even I don't even know if I know who he is. The comedy world's like grieving him, so it makes me think he's a bigger deal than I thought him to be. Like I had seen him in a few things. We're talking about Louis Anderson, comedian. I had seen him in that show that Zach Galifianakis did where he's like a clown. Um, I can't think what the fuck it's called now, but it, 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 basically he, he played, Louis Anderson played like his mom. He was like a woman and he was oh, like really? a, an, an older like woman. Uh, and he was fucking hilarious in that show. Um, but like Adam Sandler posted some stuff about him today. And I, I, I guess I need to like educate myself more about him because it seems like he was a legend. Uh, yeah, I, I, I saw that every, everybody was posting about him dying and I, I didn't, I just didn't know idea who he was. You know who he looks like? A little bit. Hmm. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yes, he does. Who's, yeah, who's also right. dead. He died? Yeah. When did he die? Uh, years ago. Huh. Yeah, years ago he died. He was great. He was fantastic. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, uh, yeah. In, oh, um, yeah. You know what he was a, a great role of his was? Uh, you ever seen the movie Patch Adams? Is that with Robin Williams? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like the... He's like the comp- competitor competitive uh uh doctor in that movie okay um yeah. the big lebowski mm-hmm. philip seymour hoffman was in that one what else was he in i don't know he's great ah. great actor baskets was the name of that show i was trying to think about never even heard of it no oh it's actually a pretty good show zach alfin it's kind of like one of those shows like wilford where i feel like he kind of got fucked like it's a it's a it was a really good show that just kind of like went under the radar mm. zach Calvinakis. I remember seeing him in, I saw that movie, this movie a long time ago. I must have been in like fifth grade. Out Cold. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember that movie? Oh, the yeah. Snowboarding, snowboarding. Oh, yeah. Dude, when they, at the very beginning, he's passed out and they start mm-hmm. to spin the car and mm-hmm. they all start screaming. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. He, uh, yeah, that was amazing. I've always wanted to see him live, man, because he like plays, you ever seen like, I think he's got a stand-up special called Live at the Purple Onion and he like plays piano while he like does jokes. And kind of oh. like, <laughs> I did not like know that goes in and out. Yeah, check it out. I think it, I mean I watched it on Netflix, but this was probably like eight years ago, nine years ago now. But mm. um, it's a really good special where he like he'll tell jokes and then he'll play piano and just like kind of be talking and then like get to the punchline and like stop the music or I mean, it's got it's like different. I don't know. I liked it. Yeah, I uh, didn't even know he did stand up. Really? Oh yeah, I, I had I no see. idea. Did you see any of that uh, press conference yesterday? The press conference. I'm, there's probably more than one press conference oh, yesterday. Oh, B- Biden's, Biden's press conference? <laughs> Talking about his first year in office. Is that the one? Yeah. Uh, dude, I saw like a two-second clip of it, and it was like a pretty direct question that he was asked, and he fumbled it for about two and a half minutes after that. <laughs> <laughs> It was hard to watch, man. But no, I, I did not watch it in its entirety. Um, I watched most of it. It was long. I could imagine. Surprisingly I mean, I guess because he's a he's a rambling, bumbling idiot. But I mean, like, surprisingly, he he stood up there that long and 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 st- stood through it. Um, Do you think he's doing that with an earpiece in, bro? I don't know. Well, he had like talking points for sure. He, like, he even alluded to like, you know, what he was supposed to say and things like that. And and there was uh, a set amount of reporters 
that were allowed in the room. But you know what's crazy? And, and the reason that it was such a big deal yesterday, I didn't know this, but this was his first press conference in a year. What? Yeah. I guess they don't count the State of the Union as press conference? or is he- No. Okay. And wow. he'll, he'll give statements, but this was his first press conference since March of 2021. I can't think of any reason they wouldn't want to put him in front of a bunch of journalists with cameras. It's right. He's great. Uh, <laughs> sharp, witty, coherent, you know, you would think they would, uh, put him out there as, as much as possible. Um, yeah. you know, he, I don't know, I guess he did. He did things that I suppose any president would do regardless of their situation. Um, I don't know, ob- objectively speaking, I don't think he's having a great go at it, but you know, he's basically just going up there saying that he, he quote, outperformed what anyone thought was possible in his first year of office. And it's like, oof. I mean, can you can you point to some successes? Yeah. You know, I don't know. No Could one you? asked him that directly? Um, You know, they asked him about what he thought of the COVID and all this stuff. And he's just like, yeah, you know, we, we did better than anybody thought we could have. I don't know. He just, he just did the whole politic thing, but it's just, it was just so blatantly bad. You know, I remember at one point he was like yelling at a, uh, at a, at a, at a reporter. He like yelled at him. He asked him a question and I don't even think it was anything crazy. Um, but he was like, uh, oh, oh yeah. He was talking about, uh, he was talking about his voting, uh, a speech he made in Atlanta about voting rights. Mm-hmm. And um, he just like snapped at him. He goes, go back and read what I said. And, and it was just like, whoa, like Jesus, man, like chill out. You know, like he, I, yeah. for no reason, he just like snapped at this reporter. Get off my lawn. Yeah, basically, bro. Um, <laughs> the clip that I saw, what I was kind of saying earlier, like where it seems like he's got a, a bug in his ear or something. Cause it's like, he's almost like getting fed lines as he's talking sometimes. Mm. it's like he either like completely lost a sentence or like lost his train of thought and then snap right back like slowly but surely or is like has someone in his ear like all right joe you know here you go you know and and he's just like repeating or whatever but like it just doesn't the way he like structure sentences i don't know it just seems like he's being fed information or just completely incoherent yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty bad. And the one thing that I think that most people are talking about it with, with the most consequences of anything that he said was when he was asked about Russia and Putin, um, and he was asked basically, you know, like, are we going to be going to war with these guys? Like, what in the world is going on there? And um, he basically was like, well, you know. Um, we'll just have to wait and see what they do and, you know, see, see if he's like, there's like levels to this. And then he uses the words minor incursion, right? Hmm. Meaning <laughs> if Putin just goes in and maybe just like partially invades the Ukraine, hmm. well, then we're going to have to see about it. But if he fully goes in and then for sure, you know, all this stuff. And it was like, everybody was just like, what the fuck does that mean? And even the president of um of the ukraine he went out like as soon as the press conference was over he, he came out with a statement he said we want to remind the great powers that there are no minor incursions and small nations just as there are no minor casualties and little grief from the loss of loved ones 
I say this as a president of a great power. <laughs> he was pissed. Apparently, uh, reporters from the Ukraine were like texting and contacting the reporters inside of the White House who were reporting, who were at the press conference, being like, what the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. it's a big deal, man. You yeah. can't be using words like that. Like, and, and, you know, I don't think that's any worse than some shit Trump would have said, although I think he would have been slightly more strategic about what he was saying about going to fucking war. Um, but it was bad, man. Like it was bad. And then, and then of course, like they walked it back completely after the press conference. So, you know, they, they weren't, uh, apparently that's not what he wanted to say, but it was, you know, it was, it was a jarring thing to say for sure. And the press was all like lovey dovey. Uh, uh, this, this NBC, um, News contributor wrote, President Biden in the longest news conference in presidential history made news, pushed back on critics, called out lies, took responsibility for mistakes he believes he made, expressed surprise that GOP talked foreign policy and did not lash out on reporters. Quite the change. Hilarious. Seriously, bro. Seriously. It's like, how are you going to... That's like... dick out of your mouth, man. It's not even objective. Like, you should be a baseline when you're speaking with any president at the very least, you should be critical. I think you should probably be cynical. You should probably go in there thinking that everything that they're saying is bullshit and you're trying to find out the truth, which is the case, which is certainly the case with with this Biden administration. I mean, everything that they have, everything that they have said about everything that they have done has been, uh, you know, spin, which you expect, right? Like that's not unique to any pr- uh, president, but, you know, I, I think it just kind of goes along this, this same... Uh, walk that we're all being taken on from any any faction of leadership, right? Like when you, we can use the words breath of fresh air because every other time we're just being fed complete horseshit. And that's what this press conference was yesterday. That's what this whole thing about uh, uh, voting rights has been. Have you been following that at all? Yeah, loosely, yeah. Really briefly summing it up. They want to pass this voting rights uh, bill. And in order to do that, they'd have to, uh, remove the filibuster in the Senate, which, uh, some senators are not willing to do. So they, knowing this, they put in this, um, vote to kill the filibuster and then proceeded to call everybody who didn't vote for it racist because they don't agree with voting rights. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong and I'm super willing to admit when I'm wrong, but please show me a place in the United States where it is hard to vote. Yeah, I've heard stories before, like saying in inner cities, like especially with people working jobs or two jobs and having kids and all this other stuff where it's hard to vote or they close the polls, don't let people get in line, da da da. But like, yeah, I, I mean, in my opinion, that should be a federal holiday, bro. Like for sure, you, everyone should like. There should be no nothing that stops you from voting. Uh, and and if they're not going to do that, I I think they should open voting up to like two or three days so that there's literally no excuse. But if you have to show a fucking ID, COVID proof, whatever the fuck, to go and eat a hamburger at a Denny's in certain states. You should goddamn well have to show an ID to vote for the leader of the free world. Like, that's as simple as it gets. Dude, absolutely. If you need to show a card that proves that you're vaccinated to go have lunch in Los Angeles. Exactly. Come on now. Like, really and truly, what in the world are we talking about here? The thresholds for voting in places like Georgia are so low that it doesn't make any sense to make as big a deal of this stuff as possible. I don't know if you saw yesterday, but uh, uh, Mitch McConnell got a bunch of backlash because he said uh, 
in a, in a press conference after Joe Biden's press conference that they asked him about voting rights and about how hard it might be for uh, for African Americans to go vote, and he said the words the the fear is misguided because African Americans have polls have shown that African Americans can vote just as easily as Americans. Those are the words that he used. It's like, oh fuck, oh, dude, God, man. ouch. But here's my thing. If you're going to get mad at him for saying that because it's wrong, and it is, you also have to be upset with this entire faction of, of the of the of uh, American politics using black voters as a pawn to get what they want, because that's exactly what they're doing. They're using black voters saying that it's racist, that we, that we aren't lowering the bar of voting uh, to, to the most ridiculous level so that everybody can vote, saying that if you don't do that, you're disenf disenfranchising black voters. And that is the message right now. Black voters are disenfranchised because this bill is not being passed. And it's ridiculous, dude. At, at, like, at what point... Are we going to say it is the responsibility of these people to vote if they want to do so? And here is all of the things that we're doing to make it easier. But this stuff, this stuff essentially is just to, we've been over this a million times, but it's just to sway it to one side. That's all it is to make it so stupidly easy to vote that in the process, you do make it incredibly easy to vote. But in the process, you lose a lot of integrity about the, the election that's going on. And, and Biden stood up there in his press conference and he basically threw uh, a big old wet rag over the upcoming election. He said, basically, if this law isn't passed, then I don't know that we can really say that it was a fair election. <laughs> it's like, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding oh, me? It's the same shit that Trump did. It's yeah, the same exactly. exact shit that Trump did that exactly. everybody got rightfully upset about because it's it's dangerous, super dangerous, fiery rhetoric. And it does absolutely no good for anybody. Yeah. And I say this as like a white dude from the Midwest. So like that is where I'm coming from. But like it always, it, it still amazes me. I had gotten into a long conversation with Sarah and Jasmine yesterday about this, but it will always amaze me how like black voters continue to turn up and show out for Democrats, bro. And like all of these communities, like all these major cities that have these bigger areas or higher concentrations of minorities or just the inner city in general and it's like those those cities have been run by democrats for 75 plus years and like have those conditions improved at all like right. they've had full control for for like for the whole time like they, they say all these things about how all the big cities and you know all the educated people in the big cities and all you know where there's mass amounts of people it's always democrat it's like okay well these that doesn't mm -hmm. it's not working it's <laughs> and we got into a, a bigger conversation about like how to fix that and and i was saying like i think that uh democrats have like kind of fooled black people and even like what they would call like the smart and educated people where they think like they're like helping them and like they're they're playing to their emotions and saying like we can fix this we can we can do all these things but like in reality in practice it, it's not really working it sounds good and it feels good and it gets voters out to like vote for them and go for the cause but like in the end it's like we're just kind of throwing money and welfare and a couple different things like but like no problems are being solved like there's still a growing poverty gap every single day. And what they said is that most racist people are Republicans. And I'm like, okay, I can't really disagree with that. that that's probably mostly true. But like, that doesn't mean that all Republicans are racist. And Republicans are like honest with what they're trying to do and like with wanting to grow the economy and, and help everybody by doing so. Yes, it'll make rich people richer, you know, but it'll also help poor people become richer or, you know, start creating generational wealth. But the point of what I'm saying is like, I just will never understand like when or what it is that like makes 
if it's just like they like like I'm, I'm saying black people but that's such a like a generality to say but like what it is that gets these inner cities out uh, time and time again to keep voting for democrats when like the situations are not improving and like obviously throwing money at the situation isn't working so like when are we gonna like wake up when are, when are things gonna start to change man and like which party is, is being honest or like has actual tangible things that we could do to start taking steps forward and not just things that sound good yeah you know i put this together last year because i was curious just wanted to see what uh because you hear it a lot about which cities are you know blue and which cities are red and what have you mm -hmm. and you know the consequences they're in um in la from 1961 till now there's only been one uh republican mayor for eight years between 93 and 01 every other every other mayor has been democrat in chicago it has been solidly democratically held since 1933. uh houston has been democratically held since 1982. philadelphia has been democratically held since 1956. dallas has been democratically held for 21 of the past 25 years san jose democratically held since 1971. san francisco democratically held since 1968. columbus ohio democratically held since 2000. charlotte north carolina Democrat, democratically held since 1900. Damn, um, really? There's been a 22 year, there was like a 22 year spell of Republicans, but ever, ever, everything else has been Democrat. Detroit, democratically held since 1962. Memphis, democratically held since 1960. Baltimore, democratically held since 1967. Washington, D.C., democratically held since 1961. So let's look at it. <laughs> L.A., Chicago, Houston, Philadelphia, Dallas, Detroit, Memphis, Baltimore, Washington, save for maybe Dallas, because I don't know much about it. All of these cities have terrible problems yeah. that concern specifically black people, especially when you look at Detroit, Memphis, Baltimore, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Houston, Chicago, but even L.A. to some to some extent. And L.A. is probably the worst out of all this list. And that involves everybody. But yeah, man, 100 percent like I don't know what the draw is, you know, and it, it just, and it, I don't know that like what Democrats stood for back in the day necessarily is what Democrats stand for now. It seems to me that progressivism is the deterioration or like the, the, the tearing down of what was, and then that's just called progress, right? Just for the sake of it being what it was, like anything that was traditional or held in the past was bad for one reason or another. So you just tear it down. Stick it to the man. Or something like that, right? Like you're like you're being disenfranchised by the system, and so we need to tear down the system because it's m making you worse or whatever. But yeah, man, like it, it's it's frustrating to see like the consequences of of these political elections uh, in these cities. But moreover, it's so frustrating to see and, and and for 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 this community to be willingly used as a pawn by one yeah. party for this kind of thing like they even named uh the bill uh the john lewis uh voting rights act after after the former congressman john lewis and it's like dude it's all for show they don't care about you i promise they don't care about you and it's it's proven because you've given them uh, you being the democratic voter you have given them your vote in these major cities for decades in the hopes that things would become better for, for everybody, particularly those who are the most disenfranchised. And it hasn't happened. And it's gotten worse. So, you know, where do you draw the line? Uh, Latino voters have, have 
woken up. Yeah. They turned out in a big way for Trump last year or 2020 big way they turned out for Trump. So I don't know, man, it's, it's all, it's all very frustrating. And, you know, it just like, for me personally, I don't understand why we can't have the tough discussion about personal responsibility. And it's like, dude, really, what are the barriers for you to go vote? You don't have an ID? Okay, cool. Do you have a social security number? Cause that'll work. You don't have a social security number. Do you have mail at your address? You don't have any mail. All right. Well, fuck. I mean, like what, like what else would you like me to do? You know, like, like those are the things that you can use to vote. It doesn't just have to be an ID. So it's like, at some point you have to be like, all right, well, you are now responsible for making this happen. And I don't know why we need to like say that people, any people are not able to do these very, very basic things because of who they are, because of the community that they reside in. Like, it makes no sense to me. It's like, well, okay. Yeah, I get that there are some issues, but that doesn't exempt you from doing, there was a, God, I got to find this article. There was an article talking about how we shouldn't like the argument against locking down schools or otherwise children wouldn't be able to eat. Think about that for a second. Yeah. I'm trying to put that together in the old noggin. We shouldn't lock down the schools because then children wouldn't be able to eat. If they weren't going to school, they wouldn't have food. Gotcha. Right. I mean, that's probably, that is probably a reality for a lot of kids. I could definitely see that. Okay. But then that's what I'm saying. Like, when do we, when do we like, that is the basics. If you can't feed your kid, right. Which is the only thing that we've ever had to do for the entirety of human history is feed our children is the most primal thing that we do. So primal that when a child is born, the mother makes food. So if you can't feed your kid, should you keep your kid? Should you be able to have children? If you can't do the most basic thing, which is feed them, you know, what, what, you know, economic circumstances, this, that, and the other. Okay, fine. I get it. I, you, 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 no argument for me there. I mean, a real simple thing around this would be free state issued IDs. It's not a driver's license. It's, it's, I, and I think a state issued ID is like 30 bucks, but if 30 bucks is so astronomically expensive to spend, uh, I mean, shit, make, let people spend their welfare checks on it. And there you go. It's paid for. But like, there's no reason that, like you just said, social security card, state issued ID driver's license, a Mm -hmm. bill with your name on it. If you can't provide one of those three and you're going to give like whatever bullshit excuses, like you're not like a, like any kind of responsible citizen to me. Like, like why would, why should you be able to vote if you can't, you don't have your shit enough together to provide any one of those three things. Yeah. Um, Come on. Yeah. Right. And, and, um, it's just the way that all this is spun it's spun so deliberately to make uh, race the number one issue. And it's so frustrating to me because it's like, dude, you wonder why you think everything is racist is because we make it so. Oh, exactly, bro. And any you, you, you're contrary to what we're talking about, like here, you're contrary to this voting bill or like in my discussion yesterday, like any, any like you don't understand. Cause you're white, you're white, man. It's like, damn dude. Like I can't, <laughs> like, it's not racist. Like I've, fuck with black people heavy. Like <laughs> I really do. Like I want them to succeed. Like, but I'm, I, I don't know. It's like, it, it all gets spun to like, you're white. You don't understand or, or you're white. You're racist. You're being racist about this. It's like, no, <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to be practical about this. Yeah. I mean, like I would love to see a scenario where, uh, anybody who isn't black has an easier time going to vote. Yeah. You know, like wh- when does, when does that happen? And it's like, uh, <sighs> I don't know, get into all of this, but like, 
you know, it, 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 the sentiment is like, why do we as a people need to make it so that there's an actual bill in the Senate that lowers the bar for people who frankly are just not that interested in voting? Because if they were, then they would make it happen. Because look, if you're going to vote, you're motivated by something, right? Either you like the candidate or you don't like the opposing candidate, or you think it's your civil duty and it's and, 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 and it's something that you must do as a citizen of the United States, right? Like they, those are three very, very good reasons to go and to vote. Mm-hmm. And if it's not that, then all it is is just get out the vote. That That's all it is. It's just a political move to get more votes because you think that on the whole, those votes are going to go your way. That's it, right? Like, why yeah. isn't why isn't it that we're not talking about how nobody really knows why they go vote right like for example Joe Biden I think you and I could have told could have could have basically sat down and be like yeah I think a year ago we could have predicted uh, how bad this was going to be <laughs> right because we saw what it was and we knew that the reason that Joe Biden got elected was because of his opponent right and I just said, that is enough of a reason for you to get out there and go vote because you don't like the other guy. Fine. Right. That's fine. Yeah, sure. But, but, but then, but then there it is. Like that's how low of an IQ voting base that we have. And I'm sorry to everybody else out there, but if you're listening to this and you know that you voted only because you didn't like the other guy, which is a hundred percent, you're right. I have no problem with you doing that, but you have to understand that if it multiply that by however many millions of people are going out there to vote only for that reason. And then, and then ask yourself, is that a good enough reason? Because the consequences of that are what we're seeing now. And it's just frankly, not great, dude. Like it's just not great. And, and, and maybe he's a bit nicer than the previous guy. And maybe doesn't talk about grabbing girls by their, by their coochie, you know, whatever. Like, like you, you might think that Joe Biden respects women more than Trump. And that's enough reason for you to go and vote for this guy. But you could see that, well, if you would have really looked into it and seen who he was and understood the person that he was understood the person Kamala Harris was and, and like really knew what it was you're voting for. You know, it's like, fuck, would I have voted for him? I don't think so. I may not, I might've abstained because I didn't like any of the choices. So, I mean, the conversation isn't about how do we make our, our voter more uh, informed? God, no. Are you kidding me? You think that they would do that? You want that? You want, do they want us to know more about who they are? No, they absolutely do not. So it's not that it's how can we get the vote out more? Because on whole, we have the social fabric locked up, right? We're not racist Republicans. We're, you know, for, for as true as that may or may not be, they have the upper hand because they can, they can dictate what the message is because they have the upper hand in that it's no secret that the majority of the media that is that is out in the public and and that is mainstream is is left-leaning so to me this is all just a farce and it's far more racist than anything that would or wouldn't happen um from a from a voting rights standpoint yeah i just wish people I, like that list you gave all those cities man i just wish people would, would pay more attention to that and it's like i, I don't live in the inner city I, I i don't i don't know i don't you know but it, it just seems like it's not working it hasn't worked there's been a huge track record in so many different cities it's not fucking working like you've been tricked like i, I hate to say it like and like they have painted, they've done a great job of painting the Republican Party as the racist party or or as the party that doesn't give a fuck about minorities. But like your party that you keep putting into power, you know, and, and presidential, like, I don't know if that really affects people's day to day life as much as like the local shit, obviously. But like, yeah, look at what your mayors are doing to or not doing in your cities. But you guys keep putting them there. And it's not just black people. That's not just minorities. Like there's plenty of 
educated, whatever that means, people like college, you know, uh, graduated people in all these cities that are doing the same thing. Cause it's like, they sympathize and they feel like they're helping. And it's like, you got, we're not helping like these areas and these people, like it's not, it is not working. <laughs> nothing, nothing is working, man. Nothing. It's, it's getting, pardon the pun, progressively worse. Nah. <laughs> I don't know how many of you guys live in, in, in cities and that can see it firsthand. Whatever the reasons were that we decided that we, we needed to shut down this, this entire country for two years and act like a bunch of scared idiots. Bitches. But that made the richer so much richer. Mm-hmm. Did you see the amount of wealth at the top 1% had a double, tripled their money? Yep. You know, billionaires became multi-billionaires. And the poor got way poorer. They saw none of that. Yeah, they got like, what, three grand in stimulus checks? Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what they, that's what they, we sold our soul for. And all of that money went to them. It all funneled straight up to the top. Right. It's great. That's a great, uh, you know, in, in, in a little chasm, that's a great way to, to describe what, what, uh, super progressive politics is all about because it doesn't it, it doesn't do anything to to affect the people that they that they want to affect right um but then you know like on top of all of that during two three months during the summer all of these cities decided that they were going to allow for these big giant mass protests and riot and despite that we were going through a pandemic it didn't matter because racial uh racial uh, justice was more important it was more important that we took to the streets during a pandemic for one time uh but 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 as, as soon as as all that settled down you have to go and show a card uh to eat lunch in LA. It's like, dude, how can anybody take these people seriously? How can yeah. anybody say that, that it is in their best interest to vote for this exact same thing? And especially here in California, man, they got a super majority on everything. And it's just, I don't know. It's so ridiculous. It's just so freaking dumb. You kind of just talk in circles about it when you talk about it, because it's, it's, it's hard not to like, it's, it's just fucking frustrating, man. And, and I'll simplify it to this, in my opinion, I guess that's really all I have left to say on it. But it's when you look at the two party system, I always trash it. I hate it. But there is one party that I think is more realistic, has actual tangible things that we could be doing now that maybe don't work tomorrow, but, you know, put us on the right track to like help everyone and get our shit together and make our strong, our country stronger. And there's another party that says, you know, has all these great ideas that sound amazing pie in the sky, but it's like, we can all, everything can be perfect, but there's no real tangible ways to do that except for throwing money at it. And that doesn't work either. So it, it's like, to me, I, I do think first party I talked about, which is the Republican party. I, I, I do think they're, they're much more realistic. Uh, I, I do think some of their policies do slant towards the richer, but I mean, the rich are going to get richer. It is just going to happen. But when the economy grows, the people in the middle class and even the lower class can start working jobs that pay much better and and can create wealth for their families and create generational wealth for the generations that follow. And that, that is like, to me, the most realistic and like tangible way to like start making it better for everyone. And instead of just saying all these great things that they want to do and we can do this and that's just not, it's not happening. So, well, and and I think also, and and I can't really speak for you, but I can certainly speak for myself that I used to be very much a part of that mindset, uh, of that progressive mindset of, of that very liberal mindset where things need to happen, uh, not necessarily because they make sense, but because of the sentiment uh, that surrounds them. Right. So all these things that sound exactly right. Like, and, and then, and then in that, in that respect, you, you can claim the moral high ground because you have 
dug your heels into these to these issues, right? I think the best example of this is that is that whole defund the police movement last year, where if you ask anybody why they would do that or what it would mean or how they would do that, they would just give you the most simplistic answers. They would give you, you know, oh, well, they have all this money here. So if you just move this money out of there and put it into social services, it's going to help. Like, like, okay, great. And, and you know this how? Based off of what? What are the things that you could tell me that, 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 that have happened in the real world that, that actually prove what you're saying is true? No, because it takes actual work to do those things. Yeah. And so a progressive liberal mindset is fearful of work, you know, and I hundred percent blame our generation for that. Millennials are the laziest motherfuckers out there. And it's a lot of us that are out there who are the loudest about this stupid ass ideas that we want to, that we want to push through. And it makes you way more susceptible to these, uh, uh, policies that, um, that are, are, uh, put out here by, by democratic uh, candidates that are, that are trying to get your vote. And if you aren't willing to actually like do work to, to figure out if your idea is good or not. If you're not willing to be humble enough to, to check your idea and think that, you know, it may be wrong. Let's prove it out. Right. No, it's like, yeah, this makes sense in the moment. And it makes sense to a lot of people in their head because frankly, they're simple. And so you can gather a whole lot more motivation towards a very simple, good sounding idea that has disastrous real life consequences. And you do, you get enough of those people then the politicians that are currently in office are going to have to go towards that because that's where the vote is. If that's where you've decided that's your base, then you, you don't make the rules anymore. They make the rules and they've told you what they want. And now you have to follow through with it. And if you don't, then good luck. They're going to find somebody else who will. And, and it's just to, to your point, I, I don't understand how people can just sit back and say like, yeah, this is, this is the way that we need to continue to go, you know? And, yeah. and, 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 I don't think that you should just become the opposite of what you don't like, right? Like, like 180 degrees in the opposite direction of crazy is still crazy, right? It's just mm -hmm. in a different direction. So it, it doesn't make sense to just completely turn and go the other way. I'm not saying that you have to be a, a Republican. You have to adopt conservative values, but I think you do have to question whether or not what you're saying is, is, is realistic, or if it's just some pie in the sky idea and you're going to go forward, you know, consequences be damned. And I know that's what the thought process is because I used to have it. It took a long time to break that. Because it's reinforced when you're when you're a, a young person and you're in college and you go to a, a liberal arts school and you know you, you're exposed to all this stuff and you think you've been lied to your whole life because you grew up Catholic, right? Like how many people have that story? <laughs> That's me right there. I went to liberal arts school. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> the most useless degrees in the world. It's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. And and and, and that's all. That's all millennials are. A, a, a bunch of uh, uh, in, indebted uh, people with a paper certificate and no real education whatsoever. Fairly accurate, Frank. I thought so. I think so as well. <laughs> yeah. Not, not very, not very uh, promising. I don't think. Hey, while we're talking about uh, depressing stuff, there was uh, a report today that Brian Laundrie had claimed responsibility for Gabby Petito's murder in a oh. journal that was found uh, by his body. Uh, the investigation did not identify any other individuals other than Brian Laundrie directly involved in the tragic death of Gabby Petito, according to the FBI. I guess... Uh, I think we all knew that. Well, of course we all knew you know? it. Yeah. But I guess it's good for the family to actually have mm -hmm. that Closure. confession of sorts. Um, yeah. 
I guess he died by suicide from a gunshot to the head. Oh, uh, okay. How did she die? Strangled. Strangulation. Yeah, strangled. Well, I hope we can put this to rest. I mean, gosh, man, it, it's it's one thing to have your daughter uh, murdered by her fiance. It's another thing to have that be national fucking news. So I hope this is the very last we hear of it for the sake of that poor family, man. Yeah, kind of cool, though, to see, like, internet and the world, like, all kind of come together and, like, help and do whatever they can in whatever way that is, like, to, to figure this shit out. Like, it happened, there was a documentary a couple of years ago on Netflix called, like, Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, some, yeah. Some, you ever see that? Oh, yeah, that was it, crazy. It, it's crazy to see, like, how the internet and, like, these these people detectives at home uh, can, like, actually help on these cases. And, like, guys, you saw it again here with Brian Landry and Gabby Petito. Like, it's, right. it's it is cool to see. Like, I, I, it's it's weird in, in this new world, and we bash on social media and a lot of this other shit a lot, but, like, that's actually a helpful application, I feel like. Yeah, no doubt, man. That And that, that documentary was insane. Uh, so what kind of music did you listen to when you were in high school, Frank? Um, I listened to a plethora uh, of music. That's a big word. That's a big word. I didn't know what the word plethora meant in high school either. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm, as I'm sure, like most everyone by now has heard, the internet was taken by storm a couple of days ago. But uh, the When We Were Young Festival um, was announced earlier this week with like 60 plus bands that I think most of us probably all listened to when we were in high school. Just that early oh, yeah. 2000s emo. I don't just emo music. I don't. I don't really know how else to put it. That emo rock. Kind of metally ish, mm-hmm. a little bit t- touching on metal, but really just more singy emotional kind of shit but some of the bands some of the bigger ones that were announced my chemical romance paramore the use bring me the horizon taking back sunday day to remember uh dashboard confessional Salesin, jimmy eat world there are so many more on this list i'm not going to name them but um pretty funny and it actually has continued to develop up until like right before we recorded this um when it was announced it was like 60 whatever bands uh one day on october 22nd uh this year going on in las vegas and people were like doing the math they said there's gonna be three stages and with all these bands that looks like like an 11 minute set for each band so everyone Whole internet was like calling bullshit, calling bullshit. The site said like very specifically no refunds will be issued. Mm. Uh, tickets like went on sale today. I think there was a pre-sale when they announced it. And uh, they're all sold out now. Um, what was since announced and that kind of came out today after everyone, like the whole internet was kind of in doubt about this, calling it like the emo fire fest. And if you're familiar with that, that was like a big like dance EDM festival with some hip hop people too that they were going to throw out in like the Caribbean or some nice like crazy island. And kind of turned out to just be a big ass scam. They ripped off a shit ton of people's money and, and conditions weren't like these cabanas that people were paying all this money for were just like these little shitty huts mm-hmm. and none of the music people were really there. It got can't, it was a big debacle. So people were comparing that to this, but since then uh, live nation has stepped in. They're now a part of this and they added a second day mm-hmm. uh, w- without adding any more bands. So okay. now it looks like it's an actual thing. Cause I mean, live, live nation is not going to, get behind a, a, you know something that's like a, a big scam like this especially with all the shit that just happened with them and travis scott so this does look like it's a real thing now so it will be october 22nd and 23rd all the same bands i haven't seen them announce any other ones but basically tickets for the two-day fest it looks like are 245 bucks for general okay. admission um which is pretty that's pretty decent for a two-day festival i think i think that's for both days i, I could be wrong maybe that's per day i, I don't know but pretty i mean shit bro you wouldn't have to twist my arm too hard to go to to a show like this like that would be a fucking great time to just get hammered and just rock out with with my boys 
Yeah, man. You know, it's funny. I remember, uh, I remember being in like college or a couple years after and like listening to the music that I was listening to in high school and just thinking like, <laughs> wow, you know, like what a, um, interesting phase in music that, yeah. you know, it still exists, uh, and still new music coming out that is of that genre, but it's not nearly as popular as it was, particularly with the youth. Like I remember being like seventh and eighth grade and it was just like this, like, new edgy like really yeah. cool dark shit and uh it was awesome man like um so when i saw this lineup i was like oh yeah mm -hmm. that makes sense like of course you would want to do that festival and then my uh girlfriend's sister sent me this thing um it's like this big long uh post about like hey maybe be careful <laughs> because yeah. you know, like here's all these instances of things that have happened in the recent past and the recent past that all this stuff that was supposed to happen that got a bunch of hype and it never did. And these people were out a bunch of money because they don't offer any refunds. Um, and it sounds like they have to like raise the money. They have to get commitments from bands and then raise the money to get the thing going. Cause they're not going to front the money. So they have to, they have to sell pre-sales and they're gonna have to spend that money. So if it doesn't work out, then they have no way of giving you your money back. So you have to pay these pre-sales with, with the, you know, with the risk of never getting that money back and never going to the show. Um, so I, I, I signed up for the pre-sale. Um, I saw it went live today and I did not buy anything. And then they announced a second day and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I could have, I could have, it could have happened, but it is what it is. I'm not too worried about it. Um, and, and if it's any sort of success, this won't be the first time or the last time. This will be the first time and it won't be the last time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Should be fun, man. That, that looks like it'd be a good time, man. I, I, what I'm really pumped about is that it looks like, and I went and saw the used right before. They're like my favorite band. Um, okay. Like through this time period. Um, and it, when I, I saw them in like, I think January before, or, or maybe December, like right before COVID and all that shit started. And Burt McCracken, the lead singer, kind of teased like, hey, we're going to be going on tour with some old friends of ours. Mm. And that he, the band he's alluding to is My Chemical Romance because there's a big falling out. But they, back in the day, back in like the Taste of Chaos days, fucking mm -hmm. golden mm -hmm. era, uh, they were like best friends, toured a bunch. So, so I'm pumped. They're, it sounds like they're going to be going on a national tour and uh, announce that pretty soon for the upcoming year. Um, they're going to be, they're, both of those bands are committed to Riot Fest here in Chicago. They're now committed to this festival. So I, I can imagine that these, must be stops on that tour, but that's going to be a hell of yeah. a tour, man. I've never been a, a My Chemical Romance fan. They do their second album, uh, Sweet Cheers, or Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Fucking, it's a great album. And honestly, the thing I was going to say to you is, is like, it's funny to me how bands from our parents' era, Zeppelin, Floyd, mm -hmm. you know, all, you know, The Beatles, Skinner, all these different bands, like a lot of that music still holds up. Like it's music we listen to. You know, I know yeah, you're a right. huge Zeppelin fan. I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. And like you were saying, when you listen back three years later, I don't know if like our music from when we were that age or whatever, like will really hold up to like our kids era, you know? <laughs> yeah, no way, man. <laughs> you hear the no influence way. in like Juice World and like in hip hop now, like you hear this music in that. But like, I don't know if my kids are, maybe, I mean, I'm going to expose Walter to the U's or, and some of these other bands, but like, I, I don't, I'm going to also show him Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and like shit from two generations before. And like, that's like real lasting music to me. Um, some of this stuff just, it still holds up, but it's, it's, it's not that. I'm going to put headphones on, uh, my pregnant wife's belly whenever that happens. <laughs> and I'm going to play my kid's suicide silence. <laughs> come out the womb angry this is hardcore dancing out the womb yeah <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I like for me, it was like uh, me getting into that music was more of like a, like an outlet for angst, kind of. You know, yeah, for sure, man. I would love to know the science behind why uh, why teenagers are so fucking emotional. <laughs> I just remember like like that music being so so relatable for no reason. Like I didn't go through anything crazy. I was just a teenager, and I I don't know. I guess I knew everything, but it's got to um, be hormones. It's got to be like the hormones of puberty. Yeah, that's changing. probably what it is. Um, so that's why I think, you know, if that, if that music was ever introduced, like, oh yeah, I, I, I like this. I relate to it. This is, this is cool. Uh, and maybe there is like a big resurgence of it, uh, in like 10, 15 years, who knows? Um, but to your point, I don't think that very much music from the two thousands holds up very well. Yeah. It's a man. fucking terrible era for music, dude. That's pretty fucking It was bad, really man. bad. <laughs> it's pretty It's like bad. really, really bad music. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's Not what much. we can point to as millennials real problem. It was the music we all listened to when we grew up. Yeah. That we were willing to, I mean, we, we were, I guess we were willing participants, but it, we were just fed bubblegum bullshit, dude. Yeah. Was like all the hip hop from that era is just so. Hey, Ludacris so carried that bad. era though. Couple artists, couple artists I fuck with in that era, but yes, for the, for the most part. Like gimmicky and like, like mm. even Ludacris and, and like. Think of like the big names, like 50 Cent, Eminem. Oh, God. Dude, he had some of the worst gimmicky music. It was like fine, but it was just like, ooh. Yeah, so. that era Eminem though, bro, like late 90s Eminem, still crazy lyrical. Like I, I'm not a big fan of like the whole shock rap thing, but like, I mean, but, shit. He, but like 90s music is, but like that stuff from the 90s is great, dude. Like ever go back and listen to like uh, Reasonable Doubt with Jay-Z, by Jay-Z. Like Absolutely. that shit is hard bro and, yeah. and it's cool to go back and listen to it because that like set the table for like all the rap that you hear now it's crazy to go back and listen to old school jay-z and then like hear all of the um all of the shit that people took from his music because it's like everywhere and and um like eminem from that era too it's incredible because they were it's like genre bending you know like it was stuff yeah. that yeah i remember t i remember having this giant uh argument with um some people in my sales office when I was with air gas, because at the time I was the youngest by like 14 years in my sales yeah. office. Yeah. That's a big gap. Huge. Right. Yeah. So I remember, uh, somebody saying, talking shit about Eminem. I was like, dude, Eminem's a genius. And they were like, give me a bunch of shit. I was like, all right, whatever, like whatever, fine. And then I remember my boss, I saw him later that day. He goes, you know, I Googled what you said. I was like, yeah. And he's like, a lot of people agree with you. I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, that was the kind of music I had to hide from my parents. Do you ever have to hide music from your parents? Oh, absolutely, bro. My mom wouldn't let me watch Rugrats when I was a fucking kid, bro. You think I had to hide music from my parents? Jesus Christ. I didn't know you grew up in the Handmaid's Tale time. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Rugrats? I, I could, could well, I don't know. I couldn't watch The Simpsons. That's more realistic for a kid. I, I could see that if you're like little, you know? Yeah. I could see yeah. it. That's not the Rugrats. Like Rugrats was lit. Simpsons isn't on Nickelodeon. No. <laughs> it's a no. network for children. Yes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, man. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here for the weekend? Nah, man. Nah. I think that pretty much wraps her up. All right. Well, before we get out of here, we've got to talk about our friends, our sponsors over at Gun Barrel Coffee. Drinking a good smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself, but when you can do that and also help American heroes, it makes it that much better. Gun Barrel Coffee is proud to donate $1 from every single item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across our great country. 
They offer 14 different blends and roasts, which you can get in whole bean, ground, or single-serve pods. And right now, as a friend of this motherfucking ship, you can use promo code FNH10, and you'll save 10% at checkout when you buy their products at gunbarrelcoffee.com. That's promo code FNH10. Gun Barrel Coffee, damn good coffee, damn good cause. Here, here. Um, Greg drops line. If you'd like, you can reach us on a multitude of socials. Uh, Twitter at FriendshipNH. Instagram and TikTok, same handle, at FriendshipNewsHour. And uh, you can always send us an email at bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Bummerdude.media at gmail.com. Have a good weekend, Al. Do, Frank.